so offenses and the sovereignty of God. You know, you'll be better able to handle offenses when you understand what offenses play in God's sovereign plan for our lives. Amen? In other words, there are times that God will will you to be offended. And not only times, many times. <laughs> so if somebody does something offensive to you, you can be sure it's in the will of God. And you'll begin to understand why a God allows this to happen. Okay? So offenses and the sovereignty of God from the experience of one of the greatest leaders in the biblical history, and that was Joseph. Okay? Let's take a look at Joseph's words. You know the story of Joseph, right? You know what his brothers did to him? They almost killed him because of their jealousy. But Reuben, the eldest brother, was good enough to try to protect them. Protect Joseph from being killed. Okay? And so Reuben became the hero, but he lost because when he was away, the brothers sold Joseph to Midianite slave traders. And later on, these Midianite slave traders brought him down to Egypt and sold him to Potiphar who was the chief of the PSG of the Pharaoh. What is PSG? Presidential Security Group. Wrong. In Egypt, it's the Pharaonic Security Group. <laughs> so, tama naman yun. PSG dito po ay talagang presidential. Don't Pharaonic. <laughs> so, it's the Pharaonic Security Group. The bodyguards, the security uh, team of the Pharaoh, he was the head. His name was Potiphar. And he was looking for good slaves who can attend to his estate while he's doing the business of protecting the Pharaoh. Do you understand this? So Joseph was sold into slavery because of the plot of the brothers to get rid of him. They could not kill him because the eldest brother Raven intervened and stopped them from killing him. But later on, Judah, you know Judah, right? Was the one who masterminded the selling of Joseph to the slave traders so they can finally get rid of him. And they were the ones who planned that they would deceive their daddy, Father Isaac, their father Jacob, to tell him, Oh, Joseph was killed by an animal. Because you have to explain why Joseph was no longer there. So you have to come out with an elaborate, you know, dece deceiving lie, plot. Oh, he was killed by, by a wild animal. And they showed him the, you know, the the cloak that the father gave to Joseph, you know, that uh, multicolored cloak. He said, look, it's filled with blood. Actually, they killed an animal and put blood into it. So, nagdrama talaga sila. Just to deceive the father, and finally he said, yeah, we got rid of Joseph! Okay? Can you tell, you, can you tell to the person around you, people can be so mean, and try to cover it up. That's exactly what Joseph experienced. So let me ask you, was that offensive to Joseph? You know, because Reuben had intervened, they put Joseph into a pit, a deep well, to, see, to ensure that he will not go anywhere else or try to run away from them because they want to get rid of him. And in the story of Psalms, and there's so many scriptures, when Joseph was in that well, he was really crying out, please, you know, he was crying out to his brothers for mercy. He was pleading for mercy from his brothers, but they did not pay him any attention. Was Joseph offended? He was scared for his life. Did the brothers commit an offensive act against their own brother? 
Did they? Yeah. How did Joseph respond to those offenses? It's very important. Did he harbor bitterness against them? Did he try to be vindictive? Bantay lang kayo, darating din ang araw niyo. Hmm, diba? Sino nakapagsabi nun? Darating din ang araw niya. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> We're human beings. You know, we, we have a deep sense of justice, not justice. <laughs> an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's what we want. We want to hit back. We want to get back. Because somebody just brought damage to us. How did Joseph respond? When he finally had to accept the fact that he's now a slave in Egypt, a nobody, a man with no name. In his family, he was honored by his own father. He was given dignity and honor in the family, but now all of that was stripped away from him. Amen? How many of you have been in a position of privilege and honor and suddenly something happened in your life and then you end up as nobody? You lost all that reputation, all that dignity, okay? One way or another, we experience that, right? And sometimes that happens because people treat us in the wrong way. Joseph experienced that. He lost his identity. But what, how did he respond? When he was in Egypt serving his new master, of course, he's never been a slave. In fact, Joseph never really was a worker. He was a homeboy. That's why in that episode in, John, in Genesis 37, the father told Joseph to go to his brothers and give him some food and find out what they are doing. So spy pala si Joseph of the tatay because the tatay doesn't trust the brothers. <laughs> and say, so if you were one of the brothers and you know that your father favors Joseph and is using him to spy on you, how would you feel about Joseph? You would want to get rid of him, right? That's exactly what they felt and they successfully got rid of him. Do you understand that? And so, Joseph, from a place of honor, now is a place of dishonor, a slave, with no name, demoted. But did he harbor bitterness against his brothers? You know, many of us cannot move on in the promise of God, in the plans of God for our lives, because we choose to be stuck in a situation where we have been hurt. That's why we cannot move forward. Had Joseph, you know, dwelt in his offense, the offense of his brothers, had he dwelt on his misery, the fact that he has lost everything, he has lost everything. He's lost his father, he's lost his dignity, his honor, he has lost his inheritance as a son. How can he still have an inheritance from his father when his father already knows, believes he's dead? He lost everything. And if he dwelt in the bitterness of his situation, he would not have functioned well as a slave in Potiphar's house. You know, when your heart is full of bitterness, it's hard for you to function right. I know that. Because there was a time many years in my life ago, that is when I burned out in a, in a church. That there were so many unfair and uh, very unfair, unjust things that were done to me by some of the church leaders. This is way back in Manila. 
And even they brought damage to my wife. And so it was the one of the worst times in my life. How can they do this to me? I've done everything to serve them. I've done good to them. I've never done anything wrong to anyone. And yet they will have this kind of misinterpretation of my wife and me. And then, you know, begin to spread a destructive gossip against their own pastor. During that time, I didn't know how to handle it. I was very offended. And I hit back against the leaders. I hit back against the leaders. It just made it worse. Because they have to defend themselves. You understand this? And for some time, because I was dwelling in that offense, I could not see that God was transitioning me. And that's where I realized after many years of experience in my journey with God, that crisis moments in life, and this is true of Joseph, Moses, Daniel, Elijah, the great men and women, even Jesus and Paul, that crisis events in your lives, when the most hurting things can come and happen to you, crisis events, listen to this, are divine transition events. When God is beginning to transition you to a new level of His work and purpose for your life. And for you to successfully enter into that new level of His work in your life and His purposes for you, and that includes the new blessings that are about to come to you, new blessings that are ordained by God to come to your life. If you step into that new level of His work with the right attitude to prepare you for that, He will allow you to go through a crisis. And the purpose of the crisis is to unveil everything in you that needs to change. Let me tell you, our true character comes out when we are deeply hurt, true or false. That is how God exposes our need for Him to change us. Because if everything is going okay and well, you know, we always are good, you know, goody-goody, you know, very, you know. The, the best of you comes out, true or false. Right? You put out a best, good front. Because everything is okay. But when the worst things happen to you, that is a test of your true character. And that is where God will test whether you are vindictive. You can live in bitterness, hostility, or even rebellion against God. And the more you dwell in these negative attitudes, the more you suffer. Do, you, do we realize that? that? The more you dwell on these negative thoughts, the more you suffer, true or false? True or false? The only way out, the only way out of your pain is to allow God to change your attitude towards what happened. To be able to see from God's perspective why this happened to you and what is God's intention and agenda in allowing you to go through all of this. God is trying to change something in you because He wants to prepare you for that new level of blessing that He has ordained for your life. And how you deal with the offenses determines whether you pass the test or not. Amen? If I'm going to ask you how many of you here are suffering some form of offense, I'm sure the majority of you will be raising your hands. So what is the purpose 
of offenses. Okay? Can you help me? It's not working. Okay, this is what Joseph said. When his brothers came to Egypt, around 13 to 14 years after they sold him to slavery, on the second year of the famine, remember the first seven years was a year of abundance, and Joseph hoarded grain in Egypt to prepare for the seven years of famine to come, which was the interpretation of the dream of Pharaoh that God gave to Joseph, and Joseph told the Pharaoh the meaning of his dreams and told him to prepare for the seven years of famine by hoarding grain in the seven years of abundance that will come before the seven years of famine. You understand this? By the time they entered into the second year of the seven years of famine, all the food supply in the land of Canaan, which is just north of Egypt, ran out. That's the land of Israel today. And Jacob, the father of his brothers, they die of hunger if they don't do anything because there was drought in the land, there was no food in Canaan. But they heard there was food in Egypt. And so Jacob tells his son, what are you doing here staring at one another? We have no food, we have no food. Napaka immature. All they talk is a problem, we have no food. What are you doing about this? Jacob said, I heard there's food in Egypt. See you, go there, get food, do something about it. Stop fretting about your problems. Find solutions. Amen? Can you say to the person beside you, don't dwell on the problems. Focus on the solutions. Alam mo kung bakit ang makasawa malimit nag-aaway? Always fighting about the same thing over and over again. Because they dwell on the problems, they're not focusing on the solutions. Amen? You want to move on? You want to move forward? Stop focusing on the problem. Focus on possible solutions and move on. And so he told them, go to Egypt, there's food. And so they went, and they did not know that Joseph was the governor of all of Egypt. And when Joseph spotted them, you know, in the file of the people who were, you know, waiting to buy grain with their sacks, you know, he sold them. Those are my brothers. Did Joseph feel the surge of anger? Ah. <laughs> Now it's my time to hit back. <laughs> you know, he was vindicated because when he was still 17 years old, that was at the time he was sold by his brothers to be a slave. He was only 17. Imagine that. Such a young age, na traumatized na siya. How many of you have been traumatized at an early age? Okay, marami pa rin nahiya. 17 years old, he was traumatized by being almost killed by his brothers and sold to slavery. Okay? He told them dreams. He had dreams. And his dream, he saw his brothers bowing down to him. And the more that made the brothers angry, what is he trying to say? That one day we even bowed down to him. Well, indeed, that was going to take place. And when he saw his brothers there, he was now Lord of all of Egypt. Right? And then he told the soldiers, bring those men to me. And he brought his brothers to him. Of course, they did not know him. And then he gave them the best food, especially to Benjamin. <laughs> Double portion. Okay? So he fed them. He was kind to them. He was good to them. Okay? For all the evil they did to him, he showed them kindness. 
When they were hungry, he fed them. When they were thirsty, he gave them something to drink. Of course, they did not know that the one who is making this happen for them was their brother. They did not know that. Because Joseph at the time was garbed in Egyptian attire with Egyptian cosmetics. You know how Egyptian, you know, officers look like. Okay? Multicolored, yung mga mukha niyan, you know, everything. So you will not recognize him if he was your brother. So they did not recognize Joseph. But Joseph just secretly showed love and kindness to them. Was he vindictive? No. He was not vindictive. Why? Because there was no bitterness in his heart. And we're about to discover why he harbored no bitterness in his heart against the brothers who betrayed him and almost killed him. Do you want to know the secret of Joseph? Why he could not, not harbor bitterness? Later on, when he con told them, I am Joseph, your brother, in tears, cannot hold himself back. In spite of all they have done, they still love, he still loves his brother, especially Benjamin, because Benjamin was his brother with their mother, Rachel. His other brothers were children of their father with other wives. But Joseph and Benjamin were the only children out of Rachel, who is the true love of Jacob. Leah was not his true love. He was tricked into marrying Leah because of the father, Laban. But the one she, he loved was Rachel. And they were the two children of Rachel. And Benjamin is precious to Joseph because when Rachel, his mom, gave birth to Benjamin, that's when Rachel died. She died giving birth to his younger brother, Benjamin. That's why Benjamin to him was so precious because Benjamin reminded him of his mother and Benjamin was the only brother he had, blood brother from the same mother. Are you still here? That's why he wept, could not control himself. He said, I am your brother, Joseph. And he said, oh, oh no. And they were bowing down to him because they did not recognize him. He was the God, so everybody bowed. And that's when Joseph saw the vision, the dreams he had were coming to pass. His brothers indeed were bowing to him. You understand this? But did he gloat over that? See, sabi ko na sa inyo, one day you're going to bow down to me. See? Is he like that? Vindictive? No. And when he said, I am your brother, immediately he felt that the brothers were threatened because they know he had all the power of Egypt to kill them all. Joseph had all the power to kill them. Right there. He is the Lord of all Egypt, second only to the Pharaoh in power and authority in all the land of Egypt. He had all the power to do it, but he did, did he use his power to get back? No. Because to, the, to Joseph, remember this, power is not a means to be used for your selfish agenda. You never use power for personal agenda. You use power to serve others. When God gives you power, it's because He enables you to be more effective in serving others. Because you don't have the position of authority, people won't listen to you, you cannot help them. But you're in a position of authority and power, God gives it to you so that you'll be more effective in serving people because they will recognize you and follow you. Do you understand this? So power is not to be abused, but to be used purely in the service of others. Never for you to 
You see power as a means to entitlements. Don't choose power for you to get entitlements. You cannot have more than what others have. We need to go down and remember, we cannot be any better than our brothers. That power is not for you to take advantage of for your own personal agenda. That power is there so that you can serve people more. You understand this? Okay? So here we are. And so, after he revealed himself, he could see the fear in the eyes of the brothers. <gasps> your brother? Oh no. <laughs> that to them is like a death sentence. And what did Joseph say? Look at what he said. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves. Because they were, why did we do this to our brother? You know, you know, he's alive, he's alive, and he's helping us. He's being kind to us. And you know, why did we do that to him? That's why Romans 12 is right. When your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. When he's thirsty, give him something to drink. By doing so, you will hit burning coals on his head. You'll burn his conscience by being kind to somebody who has damaged you. Are you still here? And it's effective here. Because he was so kind to them in spite of all the thing they, things they did to him. <gasps> Why did we They were angry against themselves. Na conscience din. So can you say to the person beside you, don't worry. Makoconsciencia din yan in God's time. Maybe not now. Kasi hindi pa niya nakikita yung maling nagawa niya sa'yo. Umabi, hindi niya na-realize na hindi tama yung ginawa sa'yo. Pero later on, God will bring him to conviction. Amen? So if right now you feel bad because the person doesn't seem to admit that he wronged you, is still trying to defend himself, justify himself, cool ka lang, cool ka lang. You know why? Kasi darating yung araw, the Lord will be the one to convict him. Amen? Are you comforted by that? I'm sure you have somebody in your life that's offended you who will not even admit that he did it. Who will not even confess or even recognize that he hurt you or offended you. You have people like that right now in your life? Yes. Okay. And if you have people like that in your life, remember this. As God did for Joseph at the right time, God will bring conviction to them. Amen? Okay? So don't worry. And so do not be angry with this is the time has come. Now they feel convicted. And they're kind of angry. You, you started putting you, you, you were the one, you Judah. You. Don't be angry among yourselves. For selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me of you. The reason why I cannot be bitter against you. It's because I began to understand, even though I've gone through so much miserable situations in my life because of what you did, I have experienced so much pain in my life that I know I never deserve. I've gone through so much misery because of what you did. I ended up being a slave. But I did not allow the bitterness of your offense to affect my decision to move on. Because Joseph served his master diligently with all his heart and soul. And he was faithful as a slave. So much so that Potiphar, according to the story of Joseph, promoted him to be the head of his entire estate. Because he proved himself faithful and the Bible said, Potiphar saw that God blessed Joseph in everything he did. 
And you know why God was blessing Joseph and prospered him? Because he decided to move on and not dwell in the bitterness of his past. And when you decide to move on and forgive and let go of the past, you will see the blessings of God coming to you. Do you know why God will do that? Because in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it is written, can you show it first? This is what is said. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. This is the promise of God. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Mahilig tayo mag-insulto sa nag-insulto sa atin, ano? <laughs> On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you recall, so that you may inherit a blessing. If you respond in, the, in a Christ-like way to the one who offended you, and you decided to forgive and move on and show kindness, then God will all the more bless you. Because you're becoming like your daddy. Because according to Jesus, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who persecute you. are talking about Luke chapter 6. Pray for those who persecute you. Learn and expect nothing back. Because if you do this, you'll become like your Father in heaven. And your reward will be great. Because you're becoming like your Father in heaven, who is kind to the wicked and the ungrateful. Kung ang tatay nyo, na walang kasalanan, is kind to the wicked and ungrateful people in the world like you and me. Amen? Are we ungrateful at times to God? Other times, we can be very wicked. Do we admit we can be very wicked at times? Kumisan sa isip lang, wicked na tayo eh. So, totoo lang, di ba? We can be so wicked kahit dito. Right? God remains kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So if you show you bless the one who hurt you, you do kindness to the one who offended you, Jesus said, you become like your father. Be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. And because you're becoming like your father, he will reward you greatly. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He moved on, forgave his brothers. And when they, when they came back, he took the opportunity to bless them. Just as Jesus said, bless them. And what happened? Ngayon, na konsyensya na. Just as Romans 12 said, you will heap burning coals on their head by showing kindness to your enemy. Do we understand this? Joseph is a beautiful model of the teachings of Christ in the New Testament. Do you understand this? Because and the question is, why is it he was able to move on and become the best you know, employee that Potiphar ever had, promoted to the highest position, and later on, because of his faithfulness as a, you know, a, uh, I call that a fellow prisoner who was in charge of the other prisoners. Listen to this. Do you know that Potiphar was also in charge of the, uh, you call that the MSP? You know what's embassy? MSP. Maximum Security Prison. Because he was the bodyguard of the king, he was also in charge of the prisoners who were considered a threat to the pharaoh. He called that the maximum security prison or the dungeons of Egypt. He was the one in charge. And when, Potif and when uh, Joseph came into the dungeon, Potiphar assigned him to take care of the other prisoners. Now let me ask you a question. 
Do you really think that Potiphar believed his life's why, lie, lie, that Joseph wanted to rape her? <laughs> if Potiphar believed in his wife's lie that Joseph attempted to rape her, actually it's the opposite. It was his wife that attempted to rape Joseph. Come to bed with me. And because Joseph ran, his robe tore. Sino nagre-rape? Who wanted to rape whom? It was the wife who wanted to rape Joseph. Ay, talaga, ayaw bitawin niya. Tumatakbo na si Joseph. No, napunit. Tapos sabi niya, look, pag-uwi ng asawa, look, my husband, my evidence, he wanted to rape me. Here's the evidence. But the evidence was turned upside down. If you were Joseph and you were treated that way, how would you feel? All the lies, turning things, distorting everything that happened to make it work for the wife against him. When the opposite was the one that's true. It was the wife who wanted to rape him. Do you understand this? How did he respond? He just surrendered. Did, did he say, offer an appeal? No, 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 sir, master, master. Your wife tried to rape me. <laughs> of course, he cannot say that because that's an insult to the wife of a high official in Egypt. How would you feel if you're so helpless against somebody who has damaged you and you have no guarantee of justice at all? How would you feel? And so he was sent to the maximum security prison. Let me ask you one thing. Let me tell you the, the protocols of Egypt when it comes to prisoners. A prisoner guilty of any social crime is put in the regular jails. Only those who are guilty of treason against the Pharaoh are put in the maximum security dungeon. Got that? Now you should wonder why Potiphar put Joseph not in the regular jails, but put him in the maximum security prison, which is within his control and estate. Now can you tell me why? Why would he do that? And secondly, if a slave is found guilty of a crime as heinous as attempting to rape a high official's wife, you know what the penalty is? Immediate execution. He will lose his head immediately. Why then did Potiphar not execute Joseph immediately? Even he had all the power. In fact, the word there, bodyguard in Hebrew, the Hebrew word literally means royal executioners. Potiphar was an executioner. Anybody who dares threaten the Pharaoh, you lose your head immediately. Now let me ask you a question. Why didn't Potiphar immediately cut the head of Joseph? Upon seeing that he attempted to rape his wife. There is no higher offense for an officer in Egypt, a high officer, for his wife to be threatened by a slave than immediate death. So let me ask you a question. Why is it that Potiphar did not execute Joseph? Because he did not believe his wife. 
And why did they put him in the maximum security prison instead of the regular jails? Because he wanted to protect Joseph. <laughs> and when he was there, why did he appoint Joseph to care for the other prisoners? Does he trust Joseph? He still trusts Joseph. He made him in charge of the other prisoners. That's why he met the baker and the butler that had dreams that led him later on to the palace of Pharaoh. So three facts show that the Potiphar never believed his wife. Then why did Potiphar not be just enough to defend Joseph against his wife's accusation that he knows is not true? Kasi kilala niya asawa niya. He knows his wife too well. Now when he's not there, he knows something is going on. Now why didn't he refuse to put Joseph into prison? Because if Potiphar shows that he does not believe his wife's version of the story, his wife can complain to her parents, relatives, in the highest echelons of Egyptian religious elite people. And he will be in trouble. Can we say it was because of politics? That he had to put him in prison but did not execute him because he knew Joseph can be trusted. Are you still here? Now if you were Joseph and you see these things happening, how God is vindicating you. And then you remember how your brothers did such a gross injustice against you. And here you are being protected by one of the most powerful men of all of Egypt. You're being protected. How would you feel towards God? Grateful. God, you have not forsaken me. But I don't like to stay in jail. You know, it's not easy to be in the dungeons. Your food there is not the regular meal. You want to enjoy the food when you're in the maximum security prison of Egypt. Because you deserve to die. The reason that they are put there is because they're awaiting judgment. The baker and the wine, the cupbearer, were put there on suspicions of treason against the Pharaoh. And Potiphar asked Joseph, can you please watch over them? Okay. This is where these were the two that were awaiting judgment. So it will be determined which of them were actually attempting to have the king killed. Why the baker? Because kings and pharaohs are very powerful people. Nobody can just go there and kill the king because it's heavily guarded by the royal executioners, okay? Or we call that the royal butchers. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what the Hebrew word means. Sa ating English, nakalagay, uh, the, the, the king of the bodyguard, the king's bodyguard. Medyo, medyo malambot pa yung bodyguard eh. But the word in Hebrew actim is the royal butchers. The royal butchers, okay? So, here was Joseph put in charge of these two who were being suspic under suspicion of trying to assassinate the Pharaoh. Who of them was guilty? You know why they can be guilty? Because the baker cooks all the food that the king eats. So poisoning can be done by the baker, right? 
How about the cupbearer? The cupbearer is the one who drinks all the wine that the king or the pharaoh drinks to ensure that if there's any poison, it will be the cupbearer who will die first and he will save the king. You got that? So, of, let me ask you, just lose your common sense. Who do you think of the two, the baker or the cupbearer, would be most guilty, more guilty than the other? The baker, correct. <laughs> Okay? Because the cup bearer, if that's poison, he'll be the one to drink. He'll be the one to die first. Why would he commit suicide? But he was under suspicion. You know why? Because it is known in Egypt that you can assassinate by putting enough of the poison, but if you drink a little of it, you will not die. But if you drink all of it, you will die. And because they know that, even the cup bearer was put into question. Is in connivance with those who are plotting to kill the Pharaoh. Because he can drink a little, doesn't affect him, but if the king drinks everything, he's dead. Okay, he's still under suspicion. You understand that? And they were there in the maximum security prison because they were a threat to the Pharaoh himself. And what, tell me, what, what is Joseph doing there? He's not a threat to the Pharaoh. Listen to this. Even though Joseph felt so miserable. You know, he was already honored by Potiphar. By making him head of his entire estate. He was the boss. The governor of his master's house. Whenever his master is away, he, his word is obeyed by all the slaves. He was already elevated and honored. Just as his father Jacob elevated him above the brothers, now Potiphar elevates him above all the slaves. And later on, Pharaoh will elevate him above all of Egypt. He was destined to rise up. And others will bow down to him. All his dreams were true and came from God. Do you understand this? Now, why would God, after him being elevated and vindicated by God, by giving him now back his honor that he lost from his brothers, now why would God take him of the place of honor and bring him again to dishonor? Iba parang shocking. Lord, nakala ko na vindicate mo na ako. Thank you for promoting me. Thank you for the trust that my master have. And I, you know I have not done anything wrong. This woman's accusation is even a lie. And Lord, why do you allow me to get into prison? This is offense upon offense. If you were Joseph, what would you do? Siguro nagrebelde na kayo sa Diyos, ano? Lord, sobra na to. <laughs> From what my brothers did, and then, you know, this wife did, I'm back to zero. This time it's worse. Before I was just a slave. Now I'm a maximum security prisoner. Would you want to be where Joseph was? When you're a prisoner, you have absolutely no freedom. He felt miserable. That's why when he heard the dreams of these two, he said, you will be set free after three days. After the court hearing is done, you will be acquitted. You will die. <laughs> and sinabi niya doon sa you know, after you are released from prison, please remember me before Pharaoh. I appeal to Pharaoh for justice. And you know my innocence. 
Matagal na tayo nagkatsika-tsika dito. Alam niyo yung ginawa sa akin. Alam niyo, pero sikreto lang natin to ha. But I feel so miserable. I don't deserve this. Please, when you're set free, remember me and bring my case to Pharaoh, please. Kasi, hindi niya pwedeng kontrahin decision ni Potiphar. And the only way he can find release from prison is by appealing to the highest authority of the land. Who is that? Who is higher than Potiphar? The Pharaoh. And he found this opportunity because he understood God allowed me to hear their dreams so that I will understand that one of them will be set free. And I understand God's going to use this man for my freedom. Yes! I excited si Joseph. Yes! Kaso lang, nakatotoo, narilis nga yung isa, nakalimutan siya for two years. Two years! He waited. There was no appeal on his behalf. So how would you feel? Lord, akala ko ito na, ito na, nandyan na, freedom na, freedom na, tapos two years. How many of you are so impatient because God seems to delay justice for you? Okay. Join Joseph in the dungeon for two years. There was no vindication for two years. And he didn't want to rot away in prison for all his life because there was no way out of the prison. No way out! Except for the clemency of the Pharaoh himself. Because maximum security prison yan eh. Only the Pharaoh has the prerogative to grant amnesty to those in the maximum security prison. Outside, hindi niya problema yan. May mga court sila. May mga court of appeal. Dito walang court of appeal. Si Pero lang ang iyong court of appeal. Kung ayon niya, you're dead. You got that? And so Joseph was waiting for how many years to get his vindication? Two years. Did God finally vindicate him? Well, after two years, something happened. God sent Pharaoh two dreams. Ayan. <laughs> and Joseph remembers, Lord, you sent me two dreams too, right? <laughs> The story of Joseph in, in Genesis 37 starts with two dreams that he had. The dream of the, 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 the uh, barley wheat bowing down to him, the mga sheaves na kanyang brothers bowing down to his sheep, and that the, the 12 stars, the sun and the moon were bowing down to him. So two dreams that had only one meaning. That one day he will be elevated by God and his family will bow down to him, which happened in history. You understand that? And the Pharaoh had two dreams about seven lean cows and seven fat cows and another dream that said exactly the same thing. And Joseph interpreted it. Seven years of plenty will come and then followed by seven years of famine. I advise you, Your Highness, hoard grain. Appoint someone to hoard grain for the fervor seven years of plenty so that when the seven years of famine come, there will be food in the land. And when the Pharaoh heard him, and by the way, you know how he got to the Pharaoh? Because after the Pharaoh had two dreams, and nobody can interpret the dream. You know, the Egyptians were very known for their sorcerers and their wizards and their wise men. No wise men of Egypt could interpret the Pharaoh's dream. And then that's when the butler remembered. Oh my! 
I forgot about Joseph. Two years later, he remembers Joseph. And he remembers that this man in prison accurately interpreted their dreams. Both of them had dreams. So one plus one equals? How many dreams? The baker and the cupbearer? Two dreams. You see, the story of Joseph's life is about two dreams. Two dreams and then two dreams again. Two dreams in the beginning that led him to his slavery. Two dreams of two men that led him to his release. And two dreams of Pharaoh that led him to become governor of Egypt. God uses dreams of people <laughs> to get you what he wants you to be. Do you understand this? <laughs> he remembered. Oh, oh my, 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 your excellency, I recognize my guilt. I remember there's a prisoner who could interpret dreams. Send for him immediately and he will interpret the dream for you. Abay naalalas after two years. If God did not send those two dreams for Pharaoh, if those two dreams were not hard enough for the, you know, the wise men of the king, the Pharaoh, to be able to interpret it, Joseph would never have been remembered. Can I say to the person beside you, God will always find a way for people to remember you. So don't worry. Two years long. <laughs> okay, do you understand that? And so because he remembered, oh, oh, King, I have, I'm guilty, I, I forgot. Uh, send him, he will interpret the dream. And he did interpret the dream. And the, the Pharaoh was impressed. You know what the Pharaoh said? Who in all of Egypt can do the very task that you have requested? Except you. Because I see in you the spirit of the gods. Because of his gift of interpretation. The word in Hebrew, the spirit of God, Elohim, singular. I see that the Spirit of God is in you. Wow! And then he gave him a signet ring, clothed him in a robe. Sounds familiar. How many times has we clothed with a robe of honor? First by his father Jacob, later on by Potiphar, because when you are the, the head of slaves, you are given a cloak that designates your authority. So Potiphar clothed him with a cloak that separated him from all the rest of the slaves. Give him a cloak of dignity. And the last one to give him the cloak of honor was the Pharaoh. Remember this. This was God's way of vindicating Joseph because his brothers stripped him of his clothes. He stripped him, they stripped him of his clothes, soaked it in goat's blood in order to make it evidence that an animal killed him. He was almost naked when he was sold to a slave. When his brothers disrobed him. After many years of testing and Joseph was able to move on and show love and service to God, God clothed him again. And after throwing him back down to the dungeons of Egypt, could not understand why, but God has a purpose. Later on, he will clothe him again with the highest robe of authority in all the land of Egypt. Given the signet ring of the Pharaoh. You know what the signet ring stands for? That ring stands for the highest authority in the land. All royal decrees cannot be executed without the seal of the Pharaoh's signet ring. No commander in the battlefield, no high official in Egypt, can execute the royal command unless it has the evidence of the king's seal, which is in his ring. Why did God give, why did Pharaoh give to 
Joseph his ring because saying, I want you to take charge of Egypt in my, in my behalf. You will issue commands and everyone in Egypt will obey you because I'm giving you my signet ring. Every decree that comes out of your mouth with my seal will be obeyed by everyone in the land. I give you that authority, Joseph. Wow! Amen? Every crisis in his life, the betrayal of the brothers, the false accusation of rape that led him into the dungeons of Egypt, listen to this, all those crises were transition events of God to the next stage of God's purpose for him. Do you understand this? When he was down there, imagine if Joseph never got to the dungeons, if Joseph never met the baker and the cupbearer and knew their dreams, would the Pharaoh know him? No way! God planned in such a way that He uses the wickedness of people, He uses the wickedness of people to bring you where He wants you to be, to prepare you for the next stage. Now do you understand why God will allow offenses to happen? Brothers and sisters, are you listening? Now do you understand why God allows people to offend you? He is preparing you. He is testing your heart whether you will forgive or not. He's testing your heart whether you will trust his justice in his way and time and decide to move on. He is changing you. He is humbling you. He is preparing you for the next stage. Many of us stay too long in the transition stage for years because of wrong attitudes, wrong responses. We prolong our own agony because we refuse to change and keep thinking that that person is to be blamed. He's the one. He's to be blamed, 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 blamed. Did Joseph have all the right to blame his brothers? Yeah, he had all the right. Did he have all the right to blame that woman? Of course. Injustice was done to him. But did he blame? No. Why? He trusted in God. Who will be the one to vindicate him? His way. His time. You understand this? Can you trust God to vindicate you? And don't try to vindicate yourself by hitting the other person. And do the same thing that the person did to you. No, God is changing you. And if you pass the test, like Joseph, twice, major crisis struck, he passed the test, God elevated him beyond his dreams to fulfill his destiny for all of Egypt. This is what he said. Can you show now the scripture? That is why he does not harbor bitterness because he understood that God must have a purpose. And through all those 14 years that he has been hurting, he has been treated unjustly and unfairly, all those years, what kept him moving on is just faith in God. That even in the midst of the darkness, he knew that God was there. And he never lost hold of God. And look at what he says. For God, it was not you who sent me here. 
It was God who sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to save your lives because if I did not come here, nobody would know that seven years of famine will come to the land. And if nobody knew that seven years of famine will come to the land and people are not prepared, all of us will die. My brothers, you will die. My father will die. All of us will die. And God's promises to our father Abraham would have failed. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 12 sons, Judah, David, Jesus. If the family of Jacob died in that famine, then the promises of God to Abraham would never have been fulfilled. But God moved in history to protect the seed of Abraham by sending Joseph to Egypt. Why? To prepare him to save his brothers after 14 years. You may not be under, understand why God allowed you to go through that very deep damage and offense. It may take 14 years for you before you can understand why God allowed that to happen to me. But never doubt the ways of God. Choose to forgive. Renounce bitterness and trust in God's vindication. And bless your enemy. Be kind to the one who offended you and move on. Because if you do that, you will pass the test. God will bring you out of the transition stage and bring you to the new level that will prepare you for more levels ahead. Do not delay the work of God because of your bitterness. Do not delay the move of God in your life because you choose to stay in the past. Forgive, let go, and let God. Trust God to vindicate you. It will come. It will surely come. But move on with God and be kind to the one who hurt you because God will bless you exceedingly. You understand this? That's why he never took offense. Because he trusted in the sovereignty of God. So then, it was not you. Now I understand. God was behind every wicked thing you did to me. Can you say to the person beside you, whatever offensive thing was done to you, recognize God was behind it, or it would never have happened. God is sovereign. We will have a part two next week to this. And you will see specific applications. Okay? I thought I can finish it today. But the Holy Spirit moved in a different direction than what I planned. Amen? He made me father to Pharaoh. The most powerful man in that part of the world was Pharaoh. The Egyptian empire was already rising to power. He became father to the most powerful man on earth in that place. Lord, and he made him Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. And my brothers, I will not use this power to hit back at you. I will use this power to serve you. Because I understand the meaning of power. Amen. Do you understand the meaning of power when you have it? Whatever power, power of position, power of a gift, you might be very gifted, talent, that power is not for you. Whatever power you have, money, possessions, privileges in life, 
wealth, talent, gifts, even spiritual gifts. Never think that that power is for you to enjoy. It is meant for you to serve others. Never as a means to vindicate yourself because you trust God. Amen? But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Because the brother said, Joseph, we'll be your slaves. Let, me, let us be your slaves. Let's, don't kill us. Don't kill us. Baliktad na, no? Joseph, they turned Joseph into a slave, right? They sold him to be a slave. Now they're saying, make us your slaves. Just don't kill us. You know what Joseph said? Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? It is not my place to avenge myself. I give that to God. Am I in the place of God to avenge myself? Don't be afraid. I will never do that to you because I leave that to God. That is forgiveness. Forgiveness means you transfer the justice issue from your hand into the hand of God and you trust God to execute justice for His way time and you move on and show kindness to your enemy. As Christ did to us when He gave His life for offensive sinners like us. You understand this? You intended to harm me. God meant it. Did somebody try to hurt you? God meant it. Did somebody offend you? God meant it. But for good. To fulfill His purpose in your life. If you will humble yourself and forgive, move on and trust in God's vindication, then God will raise you to that new level of blessing that He has been preparing for you. You are in a divine transition event. Be careful how you respond. Okay? To accomplish what is now being done, not only have I saved your lives, I have saved the lives of the Egyptian people. I have saved the lives of the Canaanites up there where you came from. God accomplished this so that I will be able to fulfill a greater and higher purpose. And you were instrumental in bringing me here. It was not you who sent me here, but God. God, you meant to harm me, but God meant it for good. Let's bow in prayer. I don't know where you are in your journey today. But I want you to know that all offenses fall in the sovereignty of God for your life. And the most important question is not to get back at that person. The most important question is, Lord, what are you teaching me? How do you want me to respond to this? In a way that will prepare me for the new level of blessing that you have prepared for me. I will not miss that new level of blessing by failing your test. Lord, I humble myself and I say, it is well with my soul because I choose to forgive. I choose to trust in you and I recognize you were behind the offense that happened to me and I submit myself to you. Teach me your ways 
and cause me to walk in your paths that you may fulfill your wonderful plans for my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I harbor bitterness. Forgive me if I dwell in the past. Forgive me for not trusting you enough. I surrender everything to you. I may not understand everything, Lord, but you know everything. And you have planned all of this even before I was born. And I know your plans for me are perfect. And I will abandon myself to you. I will trust you. Because I will not fail the test by your grace. I surrender everything into your hands. I love you, Lord. Let me pass this test by your grace. And choose to be like you. To love even when it hurts. To be kind even when offended. I choose to be like you by your grace. For your glory. Thank you, you never stop loving me even when I fail to be what you want me to be. I thank you, you never give up on me. Your love is always there. Even when I fall, underneath are the everlasting arms that will catch me whenever I fall. Thank you, Father, for your steadfast love. Thank you for your cassette that never gives up on me. I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all to you. Through Jesus, my Savior.